excited to start this new series, Now What? My family and I, uh, well, actually, before I jump in my sermon, you probably noticed I'm not wearing a mask up here, and I just was. Uh, I just want to take a brief moment to explain that. Um, I am fully vaccinated. I had COVID, and when I came back from COVID, I wore the mask uh, because it was the safe thing to do for you all, and we had just had the city and county of Mecklenburg County uh, suggest that we wear a mask in public. Now that is a mandate, and so I wanted to, I got used to that. I wanted to be a faithful follower of that, still believe in that, and so whenever you see me in the in the room or the, or the building, I'm going to have my mask on, uh, but a lot of people have asked me, when you preach, Pastor Kyle, could you take your mask off? so we could hear you better, so we could see you better. Uh, You've been vaccinated, you've had COVID, you're more than six feet away. And so um, I'm going to do that today and see how it goes. did that in the first service, it seemed to work well. And so uh, thanks for allowing me this opportunity to do that. Just want to let you know why the mask change all of a sudden. So anyway, uh, a couple weeks ago, my family and I got to do something that we'd never done before. We went to a 4D movie. Have you guys heard of that? Have you, have you done that yet? It's a little bit different than the 3D movie. It's the 4D movie. So I got this email uh, from Regal Cinemas. We used to worship at Regal Cinemas here in South Park, and they're having a special showing of Harry Potter number two. It's, that movie's almost like 20 years old. I can't believe that. Uh, and they're going to have that showing over at Ballantyne at so- and Stonecrest. And so we're big fans, and we wanted to go see that movie again. Uh, but this time on the big screen, and we, we wanted to figure out what this 4D experience was. And so what they say with 4D is that you feel like you're immersed in the movie, like your chair will move, wind will blow on you. If it's raining, you're going to get wet. Like this whole experience of going to actually being in the movie, it's kind of like us going to a ride at Disney. You're supposed to have this experience in your local theater. Well, we read that, we heard about it, but we still didn't know exactly what to expect you know, how 4D can a movie get? Well, we went, and it was amazing. It was fantastic. It, it was everything that we could have hoped for and more. It really felt like we were in the movie with Harry Potter and all those characters. And so in this movie, there is a flying car that Harry and his buddy Ron and his brothers fly around England in. And when the car was flying around, our seats started moving, the wind started blowing, and it felt like we were flying in that car over the countryside of England. It was just, you know, it was amazing that we did that. And so we began to look forward to what other things were going to happen. And we've seen the movie multiple times. And I was sitting next to my nine-year-old son, Nathan. He's like, Daddy, we're going to get to fly on a broom when they play the game of Quidditch. And, you know, so we, we got to that point in the movie. And sure enough, you're flying around on a broom. And it really feels like you're flying. The wind's blowing on you. Lights are flashing. There's stuff in your seat that are poking you in the back when somebody's pushing somebody. If you can ever go to a 4D movie... I would highly recommend it. It exceeded our expectations, which is hard to do, isn't it? In our world today, it's usually our expectations, we get disappointed in things, right? And maybe in your life, right, I think expectations can go one of three different ways. Uh, either it exceeds your expectations, it meets them, or you're somewhat disappointed, or maybe it's a combination of all those. As you think about milestone moments in, in our lives, like getting ready to graduate from high school or college or that big first date that you're getting ready to go on or, or you get engaged or you get married or you have a child or you have a grandchild, uh, you start the new job, your dream job, uh, you go to the school of your choice, you know, things like that in our lives, when we experience them, again, 
Sometimes it exceeds our expectations. In some way, it, it meets our expectations. And sometimes, usually, there's some element of disappointment somewhere, somehow. We just, we couldn't understand it until we got into that situation. And the church leadership and I have really been thinking about how this applies to our church. We've been working for eight years to launch, to relaunch our church, our 55-year-old church, in this new campus uh, where there's a hotel and apartments and shops and restaurants. And we've been looking forward to do that for eight years. And when we're getting ready to launch that, the pandemic hit. And so before our construction was completed, everything was on lockdown. We were still on lockdown when the building got finished, so we came here to start live streaming. We're finally able to open the new campus, uh, and, but we had to wear masks because we're still fighting the battle of COVID. Uh, and then we get to take our mask off and think everything's okay. Then the Delta variant comes and we're back to wearing masks again. And, and people get upset, you know, with masks, without masks, we're doing enough, we're not doing enough. Right, people have come into the building and, and we've been working towards it for eight years and some of us are like, this is exciting. It's everything I thought it would be. Oh, it's better than, than I could have imagined or mm, it's a little disappointing. I thought it would look a little different than this. And so maybe we all have different sets of expectations with that. But here we are, none of us expected a pandemic that continues to, to linger on. And even when the pandemic's done, I think life is not gonna be exactly as normal as it was before the pandemic came. And so our leadership of our church has been really wrestling with the question, now what? Now what do we do as a congregation? Now what in Apex South Park? Now what, how do we reach our new online congregation that we're so grateful that, that we have? What does God have in store for us now? Right, because we've been working for eight years, no one expected a pandemic, and quite honestly, it's hard to do anything in the pandemic. It's hard to operate a business. It's hard to go to school. It's hard to be a church. It's very difficult to launch a new church, to relaunch ourselves again in the midst of a pandemic. We struggle with in-person critical mass. We struggle with people who have different ideas about how we're dealing with COVID. It's just hard and people are mad and we're tired. We're upset. We want to leave our house. We don't want to leave our house. And now what? Here we are, God. We believe you placed us here. So now what? That's, that's what we're wrestling with. That's what we invite you to join us in praying about and thinking through. And this series is going to be kind of a summary of, of where the leadership has been going and where we think God's leading. And we want to hear from you as well in that. And so let me just by start by saying that the, our leadership team and our staff have been working together uh, over the past four to six weeks trying to figure out now what? And so I just want to introduce you to what we've been doing and where we are and where we think God's going to be calling us next and to see where you might fit into this situation, right? Now what? Because now is kind of a relative term, isn't it? It's always changing. And the now that we are in was not the now that we predicted when we started this eight years ago, right? And so, so what is now? And then what, I think a question is, I think we all have ideas of what we want to see. Right? I, I want to see the church do this, I want us to do that, and that's important. But I, I would ask us to also ask the question, what does God want for us? What does God want for South Park Church now? What does God want for us next? And are we willing to sacrifice our own personal preferences if it advances the kingdom of God here in this community and online? In your relationship with God and your relationship with this church, now what? 
Well, I want to begin by showing you what the leadership team has been discussing. The first thing that we did sitting down with the staff was we took a snapshot photo of what our church is like right now. And so these are some of the things that we've been looking at. What are the core scriptures that our church is based upon? What is our mission and how does that uh, differ from our vision and our core values? How do we make disciples for Jesus? What is our leadership model? What are we, who are our leaders and how are we developing them? What are the ministries and, and what's going well? What's not going well with that? What about our budget and our financial situation? And what about this campus that we find ourselves in? The apartments and the businesses aren't as full as we thought they would be because of COVID. So how does that affect our relationship with them? So we took a snapshot and we celebrated the good and we faced some brutal facts. And so we went through a process called SWAT. Maybe you've heard of this. I know a lot of businesses use this, nonprofits use this, but basically we ask ourselves to list what are the internal strengths and weaknesses of South Park Church? How has God blessed us with strengths and what are some of the weak areas that, that we might need to pay attention to? And then outside of the church in Apex and South Park and Charlotte and North Carolina, what are some of the opportunities? Like all the people that are moving here and living here and what are some of the threats like COVID and, and that sort of thing. And so this is where we've been spending a lot of our time. Uh, and there's other steps, but this is kind of where we've been at, at the first part of this process. Uh, and I wanna walk you through just some of what we've been talking about, especially when we're talking about our vision and, and why we're here. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. If we don't know where we're going, we're in trouble, right? That's true of your business. That's true of your family. That's true of you as an individual. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So it's very important that we know where God is leading us and how we think God is wanting us to get there. And so let's talk for a minute about what that vision is. But I wanna distinguish initially between what is the difference between a mission and what is a vision, all right? So mission, right, is a purpose. Why do we exist? If I was to ask you, why does McDonald's exist, what would you say? To sell hamburgers, right? Why does Taco Bell exist? To sell tacos, right? Why does Nike exist? They sell really cool shoes. They also now sell athletic wear, right? We know what the purpose is, right? What does your company do? What does your school do? What, what is the purpose for you and your family, right? These are important questions for us sometimes to stop and to think about why do you exist? Why are you on the planet? Right? For, for the church, it's easy because God spells it out in Scripture very clearly. Let's go back to that. Love God, love people, and make disciples of Jesus. Right? God says, this is what I want you to be about. And it's not just you, South Park Church. It's every church in the planet. Right? If you're a follower of Jesus, love God, love people, and make disciples. We're going to look at where this is in Scripture. Next week, we're going to look at the love God and the love people part. Uh, but for right now, let's look at the make disciples part. Right? Jesus says this after he's come back to life, he's getting ready to go back to heaven. And this is the last thing that he says to his disciples. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them like we just baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right? Churches are in the disciple making business. We are to help people establish a personal loving relationship to Jesus and surrender to Jesus and receive salvation, right? That's the same mission for every church, right? So that's, that's the basics. And, and so we, we think of that in terms of a triangle. 
if we can show that, right? Love God, love people, make disciples, right? One, two, three sides. Love God, love people, make disciples. That's why we exist, right? Now, we, of course, have to have things in place to, to be able to do that, which we call the square, right? This is how things get done. We have staff and leadership. We have programs, ministries like worship, like you're worshiping right now. We have facilities. We have a campus. Uh, we have a leadership structure. These are the things that we need in place to be able to do what God called us to do, right? And so we distinguish between the triangle why and the square how. Now, I think a lot of churches dwell more on the square than they do on the triangle, and we fight about more about the square than we do about the triangle. Oh, it's cold in worship today. No, it's too hot in worship today. Oh, the loud, music's too loud today. No, it's not loud enough, right? We spend all our time and energy fussing in the square rather than saying, how many people did we lead to Jesus today, right? And so our leadership team and staff are really trying to hold that triangle very sacred and to say, how are we loving God? How are we loving people? How are we making disciples for Jesus? That's mission, right? So what's vision, right? Vision is a picture of the preferred future. If our mission is to love God and to love people and make disciples, what does that look like? What does that look like in everyday life? What does it look like for you? What does it look like for me, right? What is the vision? What, what's the picture? What are we trying to do, right? Our vision, right, that we've been following since before I was the pastor of the church is this, to be the spiritual crossroads of South Park, leading people to life rich in Christ through real relationships, deep discipleship, and selfless service. All right, so to be the spiritual crossroads of South Park, right? Now, that, that's, that's a mouthful. We get it, right? So over the last know, several years, we've kind of trimmed that down to make it more memorable to this, right? To be the spiritual crossroads of South Park, an intersection, right, where people come together and we offer them Jesus. Another way that we talk about that is this. We've said it's where the church and community intersect. It is an intersection. It's a hub. That's exactly why we built this entire campus is to be an intersection to help people find God here, right? And so that's just another way of saying it. Now, when they come to the intersection, when people come and we, we cross roads together, this is what we want to offer them. Right? Our focus has been to help people live life to the full. Right? Our, mission, our vision statement said, life rich in Christ. This is another way of saying life rich in Christ, right? Life to the full. These are Jesus' very words in John 10, 10. I came to give you life and that you would have it to the full. Right? So at the crossroads where people are coming together, we offer people life to the full that's made possible by Jesus. Well, what happened to the real relationships and the deep discipleship and the selfless service? They have become our core values. Check this out, right? You hear Chris and Pastor Lindsay talk about these every Sunday morning, right? One of our core values, one of our three core values is transformation, right? Deep discipleship, right? God is in the life-changing business. God meets us where we are and continually helps us to become something more, right? God changes our lives for the better. God helps us become the people that God created us to be. Right? God forgives us and gives us purpose and direction, right? And so we grow in discipleship when God transforms us. God is continually transforming us more to be like Jesus. Well, how do I become transformed? There's lots of ways, right? They're all God-centered, but a few things that we highlight here, we call them core practices, things that if we practice, right, if we worship together like we're doing right now, God is set free, and helps transform our lives through worship, through reading the Bible, right? Through hearing the word of God proclaimed, through baptism and communion, right? We also invite people to daily pray 
and read the Bible every day. If we're reading the Bible and praying every day or worshiping together, God's going to transform our life. God's going to get into our life and make our lives better, right? So our next core value right, is relationships. That's where the real relationships went. Relationships are the most important part of life, right? You want to know what the secret of life is? It's relationships, loving God and loving people, period. You do that, you're going to have a great life, right? We are called to love God, love ourselves, and to love our neighbors. Well, how do we establish relationships, right? These are, these are a couple things we invite you to think about doing. One is inviting people, right? If we're so on fire for God, if, if we're excited about living life to the full, don't you want that for someone in your life? Like your, your kids, or your grandkids, or your neighbor, or your colleagues at work, or the people that you go to school with? Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me invite you to something cool that the church is doing, right? We are inviting people, leveraging our relationships to lead them to Jesus, right? And we're also active in a group, right? This, this is, it could be any group as long as it's a group of other Christians going through life together. We call our groups life groups and Sunday school groups. We have these short-term groups like Ryan Rich is leading, woo, right? This is how we, right, have relationships, right? We go through life together as Christians. We go through the ups and downs of life, and we live that life in relationships, right? And then our final core value, right, generosity. And Chris nailed it today, Right? We're selfless, unselfish with our time, our money, and our will. Not my will, God, but your will. Right? We're created in God's image. God is a giver, so we're givers. Right? God gives us everything that we have, and so we desire to be good and faithful stewards. Right? God gives us everything, and we get to give back to God and to the world. Right? So we're generous with our time, and we're generous with our money. And Chris said it beautifully this morning in our morning announcements. And So here are things that we can do to help us grow in generosity right? To serve God inside and outside the church, right? We need people who stand up here and sing and play the guitar and drums and, and do our AVL in the back or ushers and greeters, right? We have all kinds of roles for people to play, like work with our children and student ministries, like so many opportunities to get involved. And then we also serve God outside the church, right? We're, we're at work for God at work and at school and at home and in our neighborhoods. Like we got to show people Jesus wherever we are, right? So serving God inside and outside the church with our time and our talents. And then it goes to give God one-tenth of our wealth, right? And that's a moving target. It, it's something that shows up in scripture a lot. It's not a hard and heavy thing, but it signifies a sacrificial gift that we give something that we're going to miss to God because we trust God will take care of us and we want to give back to God. And really, everything that we have is God's anyway, right? We don't keep track of what you make, but this is a target that helps us to be generous with our time and with our money, right? So these are our core values. These are our core practices, right? How are, how are you living those out? Which ones are strong? Which ones are weak in your life? Have you found them to be helpful to grow in generosity and relationships and transformation? And so do our core practices need to be tweaked some? We're, we're thinking about that. So we'd love to hear from you, especially on that. I want to show you a couple more passages of Scripture that really fuel us as a congregation. Uh, the first is from John's Gospel. Jesus and his disciples are walking, walking across Israel doing ministry. Uh, and this we pick up in the story of Jesus. It said, So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So in the Middle East, about noon. It's probably pretty hot and sunny. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? This starts a conversation. And this woman didn't go to the well to find God or talk about God or have anything religious or churchy or godly. But when she was doing an everyday activity, getting water on a hot day, 
she ran into the son of God himself, right? And so our reason for doing our entire building project, working towards this for eight years and relaunching our church was to do exactly what happened in this story, right? We dug wells on what used to be uh, all of our property, some of it's still our property, right? On this location, people shop and they eat and they live and they stay in a hotel, right? And when they go about their everyday activities, right in the middle of that is our church. And our goal is to love them so much that they're going to find out who God is. And now that's been expanded to you who are watching online in our online congregation, a great thing that happened from the pandemic. And so we celebrate that uh, today as well. So this is a big part of our scriptural identity. And one more from the Old Testament this time. This is from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9, where God says this to the people of Israel. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Right? God says, be strong and be courageous. When I call you to do something, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it will be worthwhile. And to those of us, whether we've been here a year or two years or five years or eight years, know that doing what we do in ministry and reshaping our entire congregation has been challenging. And we've had to have faith and boldness and, and even more so now in the midst of the pandemic because we don't know exactly how to navigate that. So we need to be bold again. Uh, it's, a, a, it's a true privilege that there are pastors and churches from all around the United States that continue to come to our new campus to visit, to see it, and to talk to me and other leaders and say, how did you get here? What was your vision? Uh, because we feel God's wanting us to do something like this, right? Which we are grateful. We, we set out to be a model. And thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit's making that possible. Uh, and one thing that I tell them is you got to have a lot of courage. You got to be a lot of bold. You got to be bold to have the Holy Spirit with you. And you have to have a lot of patience. It takes a long time. And so this Thursday, we had a pastor come from Alabama to come and spend time with me. And I told him our vision, walked him through the campus, let him see everything. He's taking all these pictures. He's writing down all these notes. And it's just a really cool thing. And, and he, he has a church that he started. He was a church planner 25 years ago in Alabama. Uh, and that church has grown from one to three campuses. And God's blessing them, doing great things. And they want to do something like what we've done. Uh, on, it could be a 70-acre project. Our project, seven acres. It could be 70 acres. Just imagine what God can do with this thing. And he came, and, and, and he was encouraging and ministering to me. He's like, he's like, Kyle, you know, we've been looking for other churches to see who's done this and, you know, what we can learn from them. He's like, there are a lot of churches that are talking about this, but there are not many that have done it. And he's like, you're the first one that I've been able to visit who's actually done it. You've been so bold and so courageous and just celebrate that with your congregation. I just want to thank you guys. Praise God for you, right? It's awesome to be a part of what God is doing in our lives and we couldn't have done it without your courage or your being bold. Whether you've been here a day or you've been here for eight years or 55 years, grateful for what you've done, right? So, What's next? Uh, these are some things that the leadership team and the staff are going to be talking about. Right now, we're talking about whom are we called to reach, right? If we're here, who are the people we're supposed to be reaching? And so we're doing an in-depth study of the people that live within a three-mile radius of our church. Uh, we have all this data. We're trying to figure it out. Who lives here? How can we connect with them? What we don't have is 
post-COVID or COVID data, right? So we're trying to figure out what COVID has done to all of that data. Uh, and we're also talking about how do we better connect with those of you who are watching online, who are worshiping with us online? How do we take that relationship to the next step? And so this is kind of where we are right now, trying to figure out who's around us and how we can be good neighbors and, and reach people for Jesus. And, and one thing I'd like to invite you to, to do, those of us who are here, is to use the word guest rather than visitor. I know that sounds like a small detail, but if you think about it, what's a visitor? Someone is a visitor who, who goes somewhere on a visit and they're likely not to come back anytime soon. Like if I go out to Disneyland, right, I'm going to be a visitor. I'm going to be there. I'll be treated really well, but I probably ain't going to be there for a long time after that, right? But if you have a guest in your home, right, you want to roll out the red carpet. You hope they feel like part of the family. You hope they're going to come back again. You're going to establish relationships, and pretty soon they're not going to be guests. They're going to be part of the family, right? We want people coming into our congregation, to our family life to feel like guests, not visitors, right? Not a one-stop shot. We, we want people to feel a personal connection. So that's a small thing, but, but think about how we treat guests versus how we treat visitors. And, and how are we, you and I, treating the people, right, who God sends to us? So that's some of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we're also going to be discussing what it, does it mean to replant a 55-year-old church during a pandemic, right? We're not starting a new church, Right? We're replanting a church with 55 years of DNA. There's a lot of good stuff in there that we don't want to lose. So how do you do that? Right? But to plan a church or replant a church, think in terms of in churches, they're pioneers and they're settlers. Right? Pioneers are excited to go out and meet new people and, and plow new ground. And settlers, we, we've been there, we've done that, we're tired, we want to put our feet up and we want to be pampered, we want to be settled in. Right? And so... During the pandemic, it's been real easy to be super settlers, right? <laughs> right? This is what I want. This is what I think. This is how I want you to take care of me and, 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 and less so of being pioneers. And so how do we get that pioneer spirit revved up in the life of our church? In your life right now, would you consider yourself more a pioneer, more of a settler, right? If we're going to reach people for Jesus, we've got to have some of that pioneer spirit and what does that look like? And so uh, we're talking about and replanting a church in the pandemic, right? There's lots of challenges. Again, it's hard to get in-person critical mass, right? Because we're scared of COVID, right? And so that's, that's a challenge for us, right? I think a lot of people right now are just tired of everything and they don't want to start anything new and people are upset and angry and they just want to be left alone and they're super tired of Zoom meetings and, right? And either you just want to be left alone or you're so stir crazy, you can't wait to get out. It's how do we connect people to God in the midst of a pandemic, right? There's challenges. There's also opportunities, right? Like those of you who are watching online who we just love and so glad that you're here with us. That's a very positive thing that, that's come out of this, right? So at the end of this process, you know, we want to have, you know, here is a fresh vision from God. Like what does that preferred picture look like, right? What is our strategy? What are our goals? And how do we communicate that to the congregation? And how do we communicate that to our community? So that's what we're working towards, Right? And so, maybe an easy way for you to visualize this, if you're having a hard time and that's a lot of information, let's just let's look at this image right here. Right? That's our church logo. Right? And that logo has pretty much everything in it that I just said to you when we stop and look at it. Right? What's in the center? It's the, it's the cross of Jesus. We're a, we're a Jesus people. Right? We, we worship Jesus. He's our Lord and he's our Savior. He's at the center. The cross of Jesus is at the center. Right? And then you, what's around it? It's a what? A triangle. Does that sound familiar? Right? Love God, love people, make disciples. Three things, right? That's our mission, right? 
God, we experience God in three ways. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? How many core values do we have? We have three, right? Isn't that cool? Right, so that triangle is not by mistake. It wasn't, hey, Pastor Kyle, what's your son doodling on his notebook, right? So we put some thought into this, right? And then in the middle of that, the cross of Jesus is also a crossroads, right? Where people come together, an intersection, a hub. And you can see that there are elements. There is a vertical element. There's a relationship between us and God, right? Right? There's a, and then there's a, a horizontal, that's a relationship between us and people. Right? So we love God and we love people. And you'll notice that at every part of the intersection, it's open at the end. Right? It's a real life. People are coming, they're going, they're coming, they're going. And while well, they intersect with us, in the middle, they find Jesus and life to the full. Right? That's what we're talking about. That's why we have this logo. That's why we spent a lot of time and money on that because we wanted to get that right. And it looks really cool. Uh, but anyway, right, that is what we're about. Right? So what? So what's the point? What's the big idea? This is what I think it is, right? The finish line is the starting line, right? We've been working for eight years to get here. We're in the midst of a pandemic that won't quit, but we're not done. God's not done. Like Cole was singing, right? God's not finished with us yet. Right, the finish line is the starting line. I hope that sounds familiar. That was our so what in November of 2020 when we first started out doing stuff from the new campus and it's still the truth. The finish line is the starting line. Right? What I loved about that opening video that Brad did for us was that if you notice, there were some people passing a brick around, like, what's that? Are you going to start throwing bricks at Kyle? Right? Shut up. You're up there too long. Right? Right? Those were our charter members who started this church 55 years ago, and they're holding a brick from our old campus. Right? And they're passing that along to our newest members who were with us today uh, up here on the stage. It's symbolic that our, our history, our DNA, we've always been a Jesus-centered church. We want to pass that on but we don't want to stop with us. We want to take that to the next step. And you notice Esperance handed that, that brick to the camera, right? It's to the person who's not here yet, right? Our history, our foundation, we want to extend that to those who are not here, right? So the finish line is the starting line. So I want to invite you to, to, to think and pray about a couple of things through some action steps here, right? First is a personal question. Does my vision align with God's vision? A lot of times we think what we think is what God thinks, right? That's, that's what I think sometimes, but oftentimes I'm wrong. Usually God has a different idea, right? And again, I want this for the church. I want that for the church, right? Is that what God wants for the church? Sometimes it is, absolutely, right? But are we thinking in terms of our personal preference? Are we thinking of what God wants for us? Are we willing to set aside our personal preference if it advances the kingdom and reaches someone else for Jesus, right? even if it goes against some of our traditions or, or the things that make us feel comfortable, right? Does my vision align with God's vision? Right? Then another question to maybe ask ourselves, right, from Joshua 1, right? Have I grown more bold or cold in following God? Right? This pandemic has been kicking the crap out of us, all of us, right? It has me, right? There's been days I've just been so depressed. I didn't want to come out of my room, right? Just, I just feel beat down, Right? I feel cold sometimes, right? How, how do we allow God to stoke the fire of the Holy Spirit in us again and say, you know what, the pandemic's bad, but it's not the end of life. Right? We're going to get through this right? as a, as a church, as, as, as a city, right? as, a, as a nation, as a world. right? But God, I need some help here. I need some help 
to be more bold than I am cold, right? What does that look like in your personal life? What's your spiritual like life? Is it more bold? Is it more cold, right? What's the pandemic done to you? What has life done to you, right? Could you use a shot of the Holy Spirit? What does that, what does that look like? Uh, and then I invite you to do this. Pray about it and talk with us. We really want to hear you, right? You can go on our website and you can find contact information for all of our church staff. I'd love to hear from you. And these are our our lay leaders on our leadership team. If you want to take a picture of that, right, and find them. If you don't know who they are, I can can connect you with them. We we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. What's God saying to you? So take a picture of that. Our ears are open. Our eyes are open. We'd love to hear from you. But just let me ask you a personal question. Why are you here today? Of all the churches in the city of Charlotte, all the churches you could watch all around the world, why are you here today? How do you encounter God at South Park Church? What are you looking for here? What, what is it that connects you? Is it, is it our worship? Is it our small groups? Is it personal relationships? Is it you're new and, hey, just trying it out? We're so glad you're here. There is something God is stirring inside of you that brought you here today. What is it that, that brings you back? What are, what are the relationships that you've established? What has God gotten you through, the hard times that God's gotten you through? What are the things that you've celebrated that the church has been a part of? And don't you want that for the people in your life? Don't you want that for your children and your grandchildren, your brothers and your sisters, your parents, your grandparents, right? Your friends, your neighbors, the people that you go to school with, right? The people that you work with, right? How can we share the life to the full that we're living with the people in our lives? Those are the questions that we're asking. Now what, right? How do we do that? What is it that, that brings you here? You know, I had an opportunity at the end of last month to do something I've never done before as a pastor. I, I got to go and lead a memorial service for a, a member of our congregation who is an online member of our congregation, lives in Greensboro, North Carolina, right? Mark and Rita Taylor began watching our worship services uh, during the the pandemic they would watch us when they went on vacation I got to know them through the online kind of world they invited me to do the uh, renewal vows for their 40th wedding anniversary in a big zoom meeting with all their family and friends and it was really cool and and Mark in all that time was battling cancer and that cancer won and and Mark died and and so this past uh, at the end of last month went to Greensboro to lead his memorial service and Rita his wife invited me and everybody who came to the service over after the service to her house outside with the big tent they served barbecue and and we talked and we ate and it was a powerful thing people would tell me stories about Mark as a kid about him as an adult and we talked about salvation we talked about heavy things we talked about light things and it was a beautiful thing that God let me be a part of right that's what this church is, is meant to do. That's what this church is, is founded to do. A couple of weeks ago, we had people who were staying at the hotel come over and worship with us. We've had people from the apartments come over and worship with us. Just uh, past week, we had people who were staying at the hotel come during the week because they wanted to take a tour of the church, right? That, they just wanted to check out what we're all about. And then this morning, right, you, these beautiful children, your beautiful children, you want to raise in the faith and they want to stand up in front of you and the whole world and say, we love our kids and we love Jesus and we want to raise them in the faith and we want to do it in this church. Wouldn't it be amazing if, if we did that every Sunday? Right? If, if we just had tons of kids and our ministries were blowing out, right, out of the room and all that kind of stuff, right? We can do this, folks. This is why God planted us here, 
right? God's not through with us yet. The pandemic is not going to defeat us, but we got to wake up. We got the Holy Spirit to shake us out, right? We got to get going. We got to get bold for God. We got to see what that fresh vision is, right? The finish line is the starting line, right? And that could be our future. There's children, right? Why are you here? What has God called you to do? And for me, it it reminds me of the sacrament of Holy Communion where we think about Jesus at the end of his life when he was hanging on a cross. What did he say on the cross? He said, it is finished, right? It is finished. Like we, At the end of eight years, we finished our project, right? It's, it's a lot of different circumstances. But was Jesus finished? Absolutely not. Three days later, what did he do? He came back to life. And then he went around ministering, and we saw what he said in Matthew 28. He's like, go and make disciples, right, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, it's finished, but not really. We're not finished. Now we're just getting started. And that's why I want to celebrate Holy Communion with you guys today. As we remember that Jesus right, died on a cross and came back to life so that you and I can be forgiven. Our guilt and shame can be replaced with joy and peace. We can live life to the full now and live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? That's what we celebrate today. So if you want to get out your communion packets and just be reminded that Jesus took a loaf of bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Then he took a cup of wine and gave it to him and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many so that your sins may be forgiven. As often as you do that, remember me. Let's pray about that together. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of Holy Communion. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you for life to the full, Lord. We thank you for mission and vision and that you've planted us and replanted us here as a congregation. God, it's hard to be in ministry in the world right now with the pandemic. It's hard to do anything, God. And so we ask for you to make us bold again. We ask you to give us strength and give us fresh vision, God. Help us to think about how we can be a part of this congregation that you planted here and is reaching people all around the world, even through the internet, God. Thank you for doing that. God, please forgive us of the wrong things that we've done and help us feel your peace and your grace and your forgiveness in our lives. Help us feel joy and, and hope and optimism, God, that you are with us and great things are in store for us. God, we ask that you make whatever food we have today be symbolically the body of Christ broken for us and whatever we have to drink to be symbolically the blood of Christ shed for us. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a baptized Christian to receive Holy Communion. This is our way of opening ourselves to God living in our lives. And so if you want to have God in your life, I invite you to take whatever it is that you have to eat and know that this is symbolically the body of Christ broken for us. And if you'll take whatever you have to drink and know this is symbolically the blood of Christ shed for us. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with this church. Great days are ahead. Will you join us in standing and singing our response in praise today? Amen. <laughs>